Welcome to Achieve Wealth through value-add real estate investing. This is the show where the guru hype is banned and you get direct insights from commercial real estate operators. If you're a passive investor, this show can help you better understand investment opportunities. And if you're an active investor, the lessons from each episode can help you to become more effective in your own deals. Now, here's your host, investor and author, James Kandasamy. Hi, this is James Kandasamy. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I appreciate you. I know I provide a lot of value through this podcast and I want you to share it with your friends, with your families and anybody else that you know that kind of benefit from listening to this kind of content. Go share it through Facebook, into LinkedIn, through Twitter, through Instagram or any other channels that you want to share it because sharing is caring. Thank you. Let's go on with the show. Friends and listeners, this is James Kandasamy from Achieve Wealth Through Value at Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I have uh, Matt Fairclaude, uh, who is pretty famous uh, and popular in bigger pockets, I would say, right? So I got to know him like uh, maybe like five, six years ago when he was uh, uh, pretty active in bigger pockets. I presume he's still pretty active right now, right? Um, hey, Matt, why not you say hi to all the audience and listeners? Hey, James, thanks for having me. Great to, uh, great to be here. Yeah, that's good. I'm happy to have you here. I think uh, you are, you recently, I don't know whether recent or not, maybe one or two years ago, raising private capital book, right? Uh, how recent is that? Uh, it's It was about two and a half year old. Uh, two years and a half old. Years. The, book came, the book came out in August of 2018, but it's still valid. Oh. And the book is, it's called Raising Private Capital. And it is uh, geared towards, um, you know, subtitle, raise, you know, building your real estate empire with other people's money. Um, but it's really geared toward the concept that everybody knows people with money. Um, and the book tells you how to go out and find the money, how to structure deals with people with money and how to exit from people with money and pitfalls that you could do. And it's chock full of personal stories from me. Um, and, and that, so yeah, I'm super proud of it and excited by it. Okay. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to go deep into that book in a short while, but why not you introduce yourself, uh, to our audience? Sure. No problem. Thank you, James. Um, so I got started in real estate in like 2002, I think, um, when my girlfriend, now wife, uh, gave me Rich Dad Poor Dad, just like many other people, you know, uh, that, that that little purple book changed a lot of people's lives, right? So um, it got me full-time into real estate as an investor. And um, wait, but before that, I, I, I bought a rental property that I lived in and had two of my buddies live with me. And since then, it just turned my, that turned my head to the power of real estate. And over time, I started to uh, acquire more. I quit my day job and my, um, my, my, you know, my wife and I figured out how to live off of her income only while I built our rental company. And uh, since then, we got through, got through the 2008 recession, um, did a ton of fix and flips, uh, had some wins, had some losses, had some ups, had some downs. Um, but really focused a lot of our drive on, um, on residential housing. We've always been primarily a residential housing provider. Um, and the mantra for our company is to transform lives through real estate because we believe that real estate um, really benefits so many people, whether they be investors, employees, or tenants. Um, and so that's the mantra for our company, to transform lives through real estate. And we're really committed 
to, you know, just do what we do and make properties better, make, you know, make invest, make investments better for people, giving people an alternative place to invest um, while we go out and make a difference in, in our communities and stuff like that. So we're, you know, we're for, we're for profit, but we're for profit with a very big conscience. Um, and that, so that's a bit about us. Got it. Got it. That's very interesting because uh, um, I, I'm try- I want to go a bit more detail into your, into your life in the beginning, because, you know, usually uh, I'm just trying to connect your business and your passion for, you know, helping changing communities. So was there anything in your upbringing or something that was aha moment for you that aligns you more towards this, you know, Hey, I want to improve people's life. Yeah. I mean, this good. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, so I started out my, my life, I, I'm, I'm adopted. Right. And so, uh, but I've always known that I was, and I was only, uh, two months old when my birth parents got my, my adopted parents got me. Um, but I was always given that level of acceptance and my parents to always told me they had a gotcha day for me, you know, the day that they got me and stuff like that. And, um, I remember them. Yeah. I've always remembered being okay with it and approaching the world with love around it. Even something that was, that was supposed to be a scar that I had and something that other people that I know that are adopted have had a hard time dealing with that, accepting that fact. Um, it's something that I've, you know, always been okay with. And it's caused me to see that, that there, there's plenty of love to give in the world and there's plenty of love to receive in the world. And there's plenty of, um, uh, plenty of acceptance. And so it taught me that that's the first lesson. But, and also when I uh, got older, um, my parents allowed me to begin the search for my birth family, my birth family. And so I searched for my birth family, my birth, and I, I found my birth father. He denied contact. He still lives in North Carolina and has denied contact from me. And that's, it's okay. You know, uh, cause I got it. I did what I could do. I reached my side and then my, we found my birth mother and we made, uh, we made contact. We became friends. Uh, she had two lovely daughters that were born well after me from another father um, and that. And so they're my, they're now my sisters. And so what I've learned is through that whole process is the, uh, the, just the arching, arching presence of love everywhere. And the arching presence that if you look hard enough, you'll see good things. And it's created, it's turned me into probably one of the best optimists and um, seer of the good in people all over. And so I, that's taught me a passion for humans uh, through the whole thing about just, you know, just through seeing love and things and seeing the good news that comes out when you look and you seek and you, you know, think positively about things and stuff like that. So that's my adoption story really created this, you know, desire to help spread good things to others and, um, and to see the good in other people too. Um, and so I attributed that and a few really good books that I read when I was an early teenager that my mother got me programmed into, and it really helped me get programmed into my faith and my belief in higher power and that bring all that forward. And I met my wife who really is, she has her master's in social work. And she has always wanted to make a difference in the world, has always wanted to make a great impact on people. And so her and I together are very passionate about making a difference in people's lives. And so we found we felt a long time ago that real estate was a great way to do that. While you also make a good living, you can also make a really positive effect 
on the way that people live and and really affect their lives at the core through a, a, a company that has integrity. Yeah, it's, it's a very uh, touching story. So I appreciate you. you sharing with us. Usually I go into that level of detail at the end, but but I really want to catch that because, you know, I see people with passion of helping others. They, you know, it's usually there's some connections, you know, based on their, their life. And I mean, yeah. even for me, I mean, uh, we, uh, we love helping our community. We love, mm-hmm. we love helping uh, other people. We just, we just uh, launched our 501c3 uh, nonprofit. Awesome. Right where, yeah. Where we help like, you know, uh, often kids, uh, you know, get education right now. We have, we have like 330 kids right now, which we are paying on monthly basis and they're getting education. This is like in India, Africa and Mexico. And, and we That's have a great, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, it's just so surprising, right? We can do this because we have real estate with us. Yes. Right. So you can do that. And, and you know what, James, because you've real estate with you, you could go. Yeah. Let's just pretend there's not COVID for a minute. Yeah. You could go uh, to Africa and, and mm-hmm. spend a week or two, bring your laptop with you and spend a week or two actually facilitating and teaching um, and being with those children and, and showing them compassion and showing them humanity. Now um, I get because of COVID be, might be hard to do. So now right now, maybe, maybe, just, uh, maybe just education and money will help. But what's great about real estate that I love the most is real estate gives us our time, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I can still make money, but not trade those hours exactly for the dollars that I make. I might work very hard and create a cash flow stream but I don't have to work. I still have to work to maintain it, but I don't have to put in the amount of hours in compensation for the, the dollars I get back from the cash stream. Correct. correct. So, and, I, and that enables you to really make a difference and do what matters in life. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Right. I mean, when I was working W2, it's super hard for me to like really go and do this kind of thing because I don't know, for W2, your pay is just enough for everything. Right. And, you know, I mean, real estate, yeah, do give us a, you know, a business income, yeah. you know, we have to have a, I do have a much better income than my W2, but I, you know, if I, I, I don't know, it's very hard for me to imagine that doing this, you know, doing W2. And on top of that, we also contribute a lot to our community. All our community has a, you know, mini libraries, you know, every, we, we set up mini libraries for kids. You know, we try to do a lot of things like we do Thanksgiving and Christmas. So, so just want to, you know, share that because I don't know whether I shared it in any of my uh, podcast yeah. recording, but, you know, listening to you, you know, I just want to, you know, the listeners to hear that, Hey, you know, we are also give back and, you know, we do love giving back. Uh, Matt, this is the first time I'm meeting him <laughs> just for audience to know, but I know him for a long time because he used to do a lot of educational stuff through bigger pockets. Right. And I really appreciate it because you give back, you give, right. So, and, yes. and, and I met a lot of people in meetup or conferences where they come and walk to me. They say, James, your podcast is so good. We learn it. We learn so much and I just feel happy. I mean, yeah, I mean, we are doing this out of, uh, you know, love. We are not selling anything, right? So, and we are, we are going to be sharing all kind of knowledge, right? So we just, I just hope that we inspire someone out there to do, to, you know, take some action in their life, yeah. make a difference and probably do a charity work too, right? Which is a difference in life, right? So, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I mean, and that's what it is. And, and that's, and that's, uh, it's, it's good to inspire others and teach. And also for me, um, you know, and that's another reason why I did YouTube was why I do YouTube and why I contribute to bigger pockets is to try and show people how to not do what I did when I first got started so that they can hit success faster. Mm-hmm. Um, because I also want, I, I wish there was, you know, YouTube and bigger pockets when I first got started, there wasn't, mm-hmm. um, and that, but there is now, and I can at least help others get to their goals faster by teaching them. Cause I've been doing this for 15 years and I've bumped into a lot of walls before I hit real success. 
Um, and that, and that's something I'm grateful to say that I can share That's, that's probably the healing of the scar as I can, Hey, don't do that. This is, this is how I lost a bunch of money. And this is how I got money stolen from me. And don't, don't do these things. Cause I did it. And I don't want to see you do that. You know? So there's a certain give back and helping elevate the real estate investor game for others in, in sharing too. Yeah. 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 I mean, I started like what, uh, seven years ago and I, you know, bigger pockets was very instrumental in my life. I used to listen to all the podcasts, the first 150 podcasts is, is the best. I would say I didn't hear after that. I, after that, I started, you know, doing my own thing. It was too busy. Right. But you, know, you can definitely learn a lot of things with all that podcast. There's so much of details, tips and tricks that shared by everyone. I used a lot of tricks from there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, and I'm super proud uh, that I was able to hear and listen, right? I mean, where else are you going to get that kind of knowledge, right? So, so let's, let's go back to your business. So you are focusing on which market? So we're, uh, we're focusing on, uh, we're in Lexington, Kentucky, of all places, and I love Lexington. Um, and uh, we are in the Piedmont Triad of North Carolina. Um, we have one deal in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Um, and uh, we have a few properties in Pennsylvania. Uh, and we got started in New Jersey. And so I, I, that's why I, we did singles, singles, doubles, triples to get started. And so that was where our portfolio was for the many, many years in New Jersey of you know single families, small multis. And so we scaled up out of those properties. And we're, we're just in the middle of selling the last round of those properties that we owned when we first got started um, in that. So our, our bigger multis are in Pennsylvania, Kentucky, North Carolina. Got it, got it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm selling my last single family as well. God bless. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good schoolroom. It's, it's a, a good, good lesson. In absolutely, all that. Yeah. absolutely. You learn so much from single family that I don't know. Sometimes it's very hard to just go direct to multifamily. I know some people do it, but I think it's just you know luck, right? So yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I, I believe that there's mm-hmm. two ways mm-hmm. to get into multifamily. You either need, and I, I don't, I don't believe personally, and and this is just between me, you know, you disagree. Mm-hmm. But I, and, and a lot of the gurus that'll that want that want you to pay them ten thousand dollars for the secrets of real estate will disagree <laughs> with me. Um, but uh, but I don't believe that you can walk into real estate investing and go and buy a 100, 200 unit apartment building all by yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So not going to happen. The gurus would love for you to believe that, and they will pay, they will charge you 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 grand so they can teach you how to do it. But it's not it's going to be very hard to do. The two ways that I know of to get involved in real estate are to scale small, as you and I did, mm-hmm. to start start singles, doubles, triples, and scale up fast through that. Learn the ropes, get into deals that, that are super entry level. You can get in and get the battle scars and get the wins uh, and, and get the successes and get down the business processes and the, and the procedures and then very quickly scale it up. I tell people sometimes, hey man, double your portfolio every time you do a deal. It doesn't sound like much, but guess what? You do a two unit, then you do a four. Then you take the four and do an eight. Then you do a 16, you do a 32. You know, it scales up quick. The other way you can do it is to come and join someone's team that's already successful in multifamily and eventually spur off and do your own thing, but to learn the ropes underneath a way larger umbrella. Now, a lot of people don't want to do that, but there are plenty of opportunities to take people that have been doing this for a while, like you and I have, um, and to find a way to add value. To say, hey, James, I see you're in Austin and San Antonio. Well, have you? how about this deal in Houston that I found? You know, or how about this deal in Dallas? And it's an off the market deal. I farmed it myself. All you got to do is help me fund it and put in the asset management team and we can do it together. You maybe would consider doing that deal, yeah. you know, 
Yeah. I mean, if, if you won't do it, maybe they can call me, you know, but, <laughs> um, but, uh, but that if you can find a way to add value to someone's way larger multifamily outfit, it's a good way to get into the game too. Um, but, uh, I, it's, we decided to do it through scaling up, you know, and, and I, it, and others have done it through getting involved in teams, but those are the only two ways that I know of to get active in the space and, and to be successful at it. Yeah. You do not want to skip the, uh, you know, elementary school and go direct to college, right? You may People want something. to do that though. People well, want to just buy the way to college. We can know? do it. You can do it during market, you know, peak, right? Market's always going up, right? So you really, you know, sometimes you don't. It is always going up, right? It <laughs> for the past 10 forever, years. For the past yeah. 10 years, yes. But it does come down too. When it comes down, like right now during COVID, right? You have to figure out how do you, you know, retain, uh, do a resident retention. How do you collect money, right? And that are the things that you don't learn when the market is going up. You know, you're just hoping that your property management company or third party is going to do it and yeah. just ride it through, right? But had not I not gotten started in small real estate, I would not then have. I, we did very well during last year in 2020, mm-hmm. um, but I think that it, a lot of it had to do with that I had the experience on smaller real estate. So I knew collection, I knew how to collect rent and I knew uh, strategies to get tenants that were financial in financial hardship, the help that they needed, you know? And, and I knew uh, I, because I, I did it to the guy who was living in my duplex when I first mm-hmm. got started, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and everything like that. So I, I had that guy get laid off and I helped him get fi- find resources so he could pay me his rent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so at the end of the day, uh, had I just walked into multifamily and COVID happened, I think that would have been a different story. Um, but it was, but it wasn't. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'd be surprised on how many you know sponsors or operators have never even read a, a lease, a lease, right? <laughs> they would not know what's the lease, what are the conditions, right? When- oh, well, the property manager does that, right? James, <laughs> just rely on the property manager to but give yeah, you their lease. Yeah, I know, I know. Right. But the, that are the strategies you need when the government said we're going to keep people in the house. Then now you have to go back to your your yeah. lease terms and figure out right oh so, our lease doesn't let you do that yeah right. yeah, yeah, yeah correct yeah. correct so yeah it's it's uh interesting to you know to learn to go from ground up to you know multifamily and and and, and you and i are the you know examples of how we have grown that much right and yeah so let's let's go into a bit more detail about how do you select your deals nowadays right i mean do you agree deals are harder to find i do but i also find there's plenty of deals to be done um, and that, but, and, and that's, and the, the thing, I, the, the secret to that is it's about market selection that if, if you and I walked out and said, okay, Matt and James, here's the deal. And you and I are partnered up and we're going to say, we're going to buy real estate in any 50 state in the union. And the, just, it's gotta be between, uh, you know, 50 and 200 units. It's going to pay me a really good acquisition fee and that's it. And I, and I'll do any deal that I, that I find. Right. Well, then you're going to have a hard time finding deals, but if you drill into a market and you say, okay, James, guess what? I'm going to shop Columbus, South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina, and I'm going to drill in and I'm going to get to know every broker in Columbia and I'm going to get to know um, all the owners and all the property managers and I'm going to become an expert on that market as you have done in San Antonio or Austin. You probably could like, if I said, hey, James, <laughs> list out the 10, the 10, mo- the 10 top brokers in San Antonio, you could say, okay, sure. Here we go. Here are the, in alphabetical order. Here they are. You know, <laughs> um, And I and could I probably can- do the same in North Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. Because it, it, it is about drilling into specific markets and people that tell me it's hard to find deals forget that, you know, Robert Kiyosaki says to get one good deal, you got to look at a hundred, you know, and mm-hmm. the, I think the people that, that have forgotten that 
have said, okay, well, I've looked at five deals and they're all overpriced and they're all crap. Well, look at the other 95 and then let me know, okay? Um, you got to keep digging in and keep talking to more brokers and keep, you, you know, and, and if brokers aren't taking you seriously, it's probably because you haven't met them face-to-face or because you haven't done enough Zoom calls with them or sent them a nice gift or, a, you know, sent them, sent them a bouquet of flowers for, for, uh, for taking your phone call last week or whatever it is. Um, you got to get noticed by these folks. And then there are plenty of good deals out there. There are still tired owners. There are still value-add deals to be done. We're bidding a value-add deal right now. But my team, we've today's January the 27th. Mm-hmm. My team has looked at like 20 deals so far. I think, it was, I think it's 17, 17 to 20 deals. In the last 27 days of January, we've underwritten that many deals, Right. That's what you got to do to get good deals. So people that are telling me, oh, I don't get any good deals. Yeah, well, how many of you looked at? Oh, I looked at two. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, well, they're that both means there's, really bad. There's somebody else is looking at 98 others, right? And they are going to yeah. get one deal, right? So Right. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't believe that there are no good deals to be had. You got to look at, that just means you got to, you know, cast your, cast your net a little deeper and, and maybe go deeper into the market that you want to be in. And maybe don't shop 15 markets, shop mm. one or two. Yeah, that's a really yeah. good tip. I mean, I, essentially, you're saying that, you know, they are people who are looking at deals, but, you know, you're not working harder than everybody. That there's, an, there's a guy who's going to get a deal, right? Because yeah, the guy well, who already, he probably also, worked really hard, right? So I, I was in a net, this is pre-COVID, but I was in a networking event um, and I met two people. I said, well, to the first, but they're like, I can't find any deals. I was like, okay, where are you shopping? And the guy said, I'm shopping 22 markets right now, <laughs> you know? And I was like, stop it. Stop, pick the top two, pick the, the, your favorite two markets and, and just, and as, and then I talked to somebody else um, and I was like, where are you shopping now? And he goes, where, where are you shopping? Cause he, I can't find deals. And I said, and um, I said, well, okay, where are you looking for deals? And he goes, Florida. I'm like, that's a state, man. That's not a city. You know, you know how many MSAs are in Florida? That's a huge state. That's, you know, that's, like, state, me tell- yeah. <laughs> that's like me telling you I'm shopping in Texas. Like, what are you kidding me? Yeah. There's Dallas and Houston and San Antonio yeah. and Austin and there's you know uh, Amarillo and da, 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 that's, that's one know? one third of the U.S. right <laughs> right you know Florida like, you plus kidding? Texas plus California you're done the U.S. is done Everybody right that's more. it <laughs> that's it so I, I just said you know you've got to you can't go too wide on market because Florida is is also Tampa and Jacksonville and you know Pensacola and Miami and Orlando and you know um, there's a bunch of MSAs and 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 that so pick two of those MSAs you notice I said we're in Lexington Kentucky we're not in Louisville we're in, we're in Lexington and those yeah. two cities are 45 minutes apart but I don't only shop one of them because that's where my contacts are and that's the market that I know. And that's the market that I want to drill into. Not because one's better than another, but because you got to focus. Yeah. It's also and, helping your time too, right? Because if you know the market pretty well, you know, a lot yeah. of deals, you're just not going to look at it. I know I've already seen that deal or it's a bad area. Or it you makes can, it so easy for you yeah. to just pass it off. Cause like, like, you know, you and I are talking before you're, you're uh, I'll, I'll just pump you up and say you're an Austin expert, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I told you, hey, James, I got a deal on the corner of Second and Main in Austin, you say, oh, no, that's neighborhoods overpriced immediately. Yeah, but yeah. if I told, but if I told you, hey, James, I got a deal on the corner of Second and Main in Denver, 
you would say, and, and, and if you weren't focused, you'd say, oh, let me go take a look at that. And there goes a half day of your time to go underwrite this deal, to go think about it. Oh, should I do it? Oh, you know, I don't even know any property managers in that neighborhood. And you know, eh, maybe it's not a good deal. You just lost a bunch of time. Where right. in, if it's in Austin, if I tell you where it is, you could tell me the neighborhood. You could tell me if you're interested. You already, you already know who's going to manage it. Uh, you know, you know all the equations. Where if you give me a deal in North Carolina, I know one of the three PMs I deal with in North Carolina is going to manage it for me. And I know I probably could tell you the population of the city that it's in. I could tell you who the major employers are. Um, not because we're awesome, but because we're focused. You know. Right. And the result of this is we're going. I'm going out to Kentucky with my acquisition manager next week. He's looking at 10 apartment buildings when we're out there, right? Just plenty of deals to be done, but that's only because we're focused, you know? Correct. It's not because we're great, it's because we're focused. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely, absolutely. Focus, yeah. like for us, we are just focusing on our own backyard. Now, there's no real yeah. need to go anywhere else. You're and blessed, people... man. I got to get on an airplane to go look at my stuff, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, you are in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. And you're buying in uh, And it's Kentucky. cold here, too. You're warm. It's all warm where you are. <laughs> we have a beautiful weather here today in Austin. So. I know. God bless you. I'm, I'm mar I married a very, very Italian girl from New Jersey that wanted to live no, no more than 20 minutes from her mama. So that's why oh. I'm in Pennsylvania. And I love it here. I love Pennsylvania. I love the Northeast. There's a certain attitude to the Northeast that you don't get in Texas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's different. It's different. Okay. So when you look at a deal, what do you, I mean, I mean I'm sure you do some kind of quick sniff test, right? So can we go through... Do you do a quick sniff test on? Sure. Know, yeah. Yeah. You know, what's funny. And this is like, uh, this is so basic. It's almost, it's slightly embarrassing even to tell you, James, but mm -hmm. I look at the, uh, here's my, my, my few sniff tests, right? Mm -hmm. Aside from market selection. And when we select a market, our biggest thing is job diversity. Mm -hmm. And so we do 20%. Uh, there, there can be no one economic sector that is driving more than 20% of the jobs. So if it's if it's more than 20% oil and gas or 20% healthcare or 20% education, we're out, right? So that's my sniff test right there on new market. On okay. new market, okay. Yes. Now, you approach me with a deal. Um, if it's less than say 50 units, I'll probably pass just because it's very hard to manage something. Mm -hmm. But But we're looking at a 32 unit only because it's across the street from 166 that I own. So I'm going to, I want to buy it and bolt it on to that, you know, right. So that, that's, that's an example. So sometimes we will say no on size. Um, most of the time we say no on size. The biggest sniff test that I do when I look at a deal is that I, I this is the bigger pockets 1% rule, man. We use that, you know, mm -hmm. that if you say, okay, Matt, I got a deal and it's going to rent for 1500 a unit, you know, once we've renovated uh, and we're going to, we're going to pay 120,000 a door off the sniff that looks like a good deal to me right because the one percent rule of if i'm paying one hundred and twenty thousand a door including including capex including reno like all in cost right if i multiply that by one percent i come up with 1200 and 1200 and the, the 1500 in rent exceeds my 1200 threshold and so off the cuff sniff test that's a good deal right now, doesn't always the math doesn't always work like that. It actually is an economy of scale, and as 
as you go up in price, the 1% rule doesn't work as much, but in, on lower price stuff, you know, where we, we typically do B class and C class stuff. Like a lot, we do a lot of workforce housing. Um, and so a lot of my rents, again, this is God bless North Carolina, just how cheap of a place it is to live. Uh, North Carolina rents on average are somewhere between 600 and $700 a month. That's right? it. Is, yeah. that in, is that in Charlotte or everywhere in North Carolina? Well, not downtown Charlotte, James, but you know. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, is, Charlotte surrounding? In the C-class, in, in, in the in the blue-collar workforce housing around Charlotte, yes. Sure. That is really seven, cheap. Seven, eight. Six, yeah, sure. Seven, yeah, yeah. Cheap, yeah. yeah, and Winston-Salem, Greensboro, those are, and we don't play in Raleigh and Charlotte, just so you know, but it's not, you're never going to get into the high thousands unless you're on A-class, the A-class bougie stuff with like the iPad at the front door and the yeah. doorman and the and the valet trash. Yeah, they're getting 12, 13, you know, um, but uh, but the, the, the areas that we play in and the C-class stuff, uh, we just bought one right now we closed on one in October, the median rent was $549, $549. That's crazy. Right? Yeah, it's crazy. Some of my investors pay more than that for a parking spot. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like up, my guys up in Boston and New York and stuff like that. They like, they rent a garage for their car for more than that. You know, that's, that's more, that, that's the, their car payments more than that. And I'm not saying that, that that's just a sign that North Carolina is an extremely affordable place. And it's that nobody's better, more well-off or whatever. It just is what it is. Um, but North Carolina is a very affordable place to be. And so we acquire based the 1% rule works really, really well there. But so that those are my few sniff tests that we use. So demographic, the, the um, job growth uh, size and the 1% rule, but we, we do full underwriting just so you know, it's not like I, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, gonna go I'm not going to make an offer on 1%. <laughs> <rule>. Okay. <laughs> sure, sure. That's just a sniff test, right? So let's go right, to right, right. full underwriting, right? So, yeah, 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 yeah. so what do you look for next? So let's say you, you know, you found a deal that you think yes. you know, meets the 1% in a market that you like, uh, what do you look for in that deal that you think that, hmm, that may be something here that I want to go? I look for, I, I call it like, I, I got to squeeze the lemon. You know, I got to find a way that I can improve. What can I do to make things better? How can I transform lives to real estate? How can I add value? And, you know, obviously I'm not doing it as a not-for-profit. How can I do something that the tenants are, are going to be willing to pay us more for if I do something for them? So, um, you know, if I upgrade their appliances, I don't have to move everybody out, you know, because I, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in doing full gut renovations of apartments and tossing tenants out of their places so that I can, you know, dump 10 grand into their apartment and, and jack the rents by 400 bucks. That's not normally not what we do, right? What I will do is say, okay, um, can I come in and the tenant's paying $549 a month? Can, will that? Te- I wonder if the market would yield that tenant paying another hundred bucks if I gave them all new appliances and new ceiling fans and new sink fixtures, you know? Would they, would they if I gave them stainless steel appliances and all that, which I can do all that when they go to work. They go to work, they come home, boom, new appliances, new lights, <laughs> new everything. It's, it's, like Christmas, it's like Christmas day when they come home from work, you know? Um, so can I do that uh, on an occupied apartment? That that I look for a lot. Um, I mean, I don't know, call me like just because I have young kids, uh, James, but I love, it's like, can I put in a playground? I don't know why this is for me, but I just, I be, I'm like, my, my team makes fun of me because like, oh, Matt, where's Matt going to put his playground? You know, because um, I love dropping in. They're, they're very affordable. Um, parents love them. Kids love them. It draws community, you know, and everything like that. It makes people feel like it's something. Hey, I could bring my kids up here. There's a nice playground. 
and we do nice ones like kind of stuff that i wish i had when i was a kid you know yeah, yeah. like nice and big playgrounds like i got one that's like a snow castle like the top part of it is like 25 feet tall we put yeah, a i want to come and live there yeah <laughs> it's in kentucky it's beautiful so i got a playground we, we dropped in a playground i put in a soccer field and we put in a, a like a nice grilling station not the like charcoal ones that nobody uses not those we put in a propane gas fired uh two burn two uh grilling station nice with like granite around the outside of it uh grilling area it's like a family party you know you have your kid's birthday party there you know it's beautiful um we do that because it draws community and it benefits people and they love it and i love people and so it does that but it also draws community and makes people want to stay because they don't move because vacancy is the biggest killer of real estate cash flow don't it, it's not anything else it's not you know real estate taxes or whatever it is vacancy and if you can diminish vacancy in your properties by making people want to stick to your property and stay there then you know, by giving them new appliances and a playground and a bunch of other amenities that they would like and treating them with respect, then they'll stay longer. And that's, that's a great way to make cash flow. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you're absolutely right. The turnovers and vacancies are, you know, it's the biggest, uh, um, you know, loss of efficiency, loss of cash flows goes through that, right? If you can keep people longer. Yeah. Two that's, months, that's- two months vacancy will likely chew up any rent bump you were going to get, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, correct, um, correct, correct. Yeah. So, so we, we try and do reno in place. Uh, and when tenants move out, we'll do a full gut. Yeah. You know, cause the market's still there. So I, I look for ways that I can um, do organic improvements and everything like that. And uh, you know, and just ways to make the property feel better, safer um, and mismanagement that happens so much, James, you probably see this too. Oh yeah. So much of mismanagement. Mismanagement. It just, as well as his mom and pops, you know, we looked at, we bid one in Baltimore. We didn't get, um, but the guy had his whole family working there, you know, I mean, he had like three employees, like 300,000 a year in payroll, you know, <laughs> and again, they were all, they were all right. They all have the same last name, yeah. <laughs> you know, like the whole staff, yeah. like, Oh, yeah. okay. I see what's going on here. You know? Um, yeah, but, but, uh, but yeah, it just mismanagement and, and mm-hmm. just, you know, a lot of mom and pop energy and stuff like that. So, yeah. I mean, even on the third party property management, professional management, you can see, because, you can see inefficiencies where there's this, I mean, the, the multifamilies, let's say you have a 200 units, actually you're looking at 200 income streams and there's like, you know, 200 times another 20, 30 vendors who are servicing your property, right? There's landscaper, there's a pool guy, so many things happening. So there's always place for you to uh, miss out on things. right? Yeah. And, and even for me, sometimes I see, wow, I missed out something on, and I've got double charge on something. So, so even for me, when I look at it, so thoroughly I can miss out. I know you look at third-party property management or mom and pop, you know, they're going to miss out a lot of things. Right? Yeah. And uh, sometimes yeah. it's okay because the money probably making money and everybody's happy just getting money, but you can definitely squeeze the lemon, as you said, right? Uh, to, well, to that and just also a lot of times the mom and pop doesn't, and not, I don't want to slam mom and pops because that, you know, it is what it is, but, 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 you know, they're, they're they've done, they've done great. And um, they probably raised a family on these things, but at the end of the day, the world has gotten more complicated and they might not have kept up with it. Brief story. We bought a 49 unit in, oh. um, in Pennsylvania and um, our lender had a occupancy covenant that, that they couldn't close until we had no more than four vacancies, right? Oh. Um, so they wanted to see occupancy above 90%. 
Fair enough. Okay. It's fairly common for multifamily to be up 90%. And this was just our loan, our loan covenant, right? So current owner was at eight vacancies, right? Mm. And he's like, I just can't. And I, and I, this was like slightly off the market. I knew the guy, per, I'd, I'd gotten to know him personally. Um, and I was like, Hey, what, what are you, we need to get these other you know, couple units occupied. What are you going to do? So, well, I, I just can't seem to, the phone's just not ringing these days. And I was like, what do you mean the phone's not ringing? And I was like, how are you marketing it? Like, what, what site, what sites are you on? He's like, I'm not on any sites. I just got a for rent sign out in front of the place. <laughs> it's got a freaking handwritten for rent sign out in front of the apartment building, James. Right. Yeah, yeah, so I was right. like, okay, l- listen, l- let me do you a favor. I said, give me your phone number. Give me the number you want, the phone you want to ring when people want to rent from you. Okay. So he gave it to me. And so I already had a bunch of pictures and I put a listing for him. This is a, a couple of years ago. I wouldn't have done this now, but I put it on Craigslist, right? I probably would have done Facebook marketplace now. Right. Um, but I did Craigslist. I put a Craigslist ad for him. He told me he normally gets one to two phone calls a week. Okay. I put a Craigslist ad out, uh, on a Friday, he got 27 calls over the weekend. Wow. Right. And he was like, I just, and he calls me Monday morning. It was like, that's amazing. That Craigslist. That's so great. And I'm like, yeah, it's freaking what, what people do now. And he leased up. We, le- we, le- we had like one vacancy day closing. Right. And so he leased up all those vacancies, but, and I'm not making fun of this guy. All I'm saying is the world has changed. Right. Mm-hmm. And if, if the owner's not on top of how the world's changed, then there is a huge opportunity to shift management and bring the property up into the 21st century. And another example that uh, that complex we bought didn't have a Google pin drop, you know, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. But that's like people are like, Oh, that's crazy. But guess what? These, these people have no idea what that is. And so here's a tip for any of your listeners. If you guys are looking for apartment complexes that are owned by mom and pops, find one that doesn't have a Google pin drop, <laughs> you know, if it doesn't have a Google pin drop, that's old news, man. That's easy to do. And if they have not done it, that means they don't know how to do it, right? Mm-hmm. And if they don't know how to do it, that problem, then call the handwritten for rent sign on the front of the place and call them and say, hey, listen, I love your complex. I love the location. Would you be open to selling? You know, um, And we've done a few like that, that just had either mismanaged online presence like only negative reviews, only how bad the place was because mad tenant goes and writes a bad review, mm-hmm. you know, um, or no reviews at all because they had no Google pin drop. Interesting, right? Very, very interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it happens even on a, on a big uh, cities like, you know, San Antonio, Austin too. It definitely happens. As long as it doesn't go to the brokers because once it goes to brokers, brokers are going to push the price really high. I mean, oh, yeah. well, that's <laughs> then, the pro- yeah. then you're going to buy yeah. a property which doesn't really produce cash flow at very, very high price and you have to be very, well, very careful about that's it. that's the problem. Is these, bro- and these brokers are doing their job. Their job yeah, is to yeah, get the best sure price they can. Yes. But everything's going to best and final and best and final, final and best and final, 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 you know, and it's like, yeah. okay enough you know yeah, you're yourself beating and you're overpaying end of the day right yeah you may yeah, you yeah. may have won the beating war but actually you didn't realize that you actually you're the only guy who paid the highest price yeah you, you agreed to make the least amount of money for the property and, you know and 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 the sponsors have I to, turn to take the most risk yeah you know? and, and they have to turn around to their investor and say we underwrote it most conservatively but actually yeah. we won the we won the beat among 30 other people. Well, I mean, that doesn't jive, right? Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I know. It's interesting. It's, yeah. I, hey, and I mean, I'm just commiserating with you because mm-hmm. that's, that's how we've won a lot of our deals, you know, um, is by these crazy bidding processes and stuff like that. But, you know, a lot of times it's what it takes to get in. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if you believe in your business plan, 
um, then it, it's, it's still, it, it's still can, you can still win, you know, awesome. um, and that, so. Okay, cool, cool, yeah. cool. So Matt, why not you tell our audience how to get hold of you? Sure, sure. So an easy way, derosagroup.com, D-E-R-O-S-A group, derosagroup.com. On that site, you can find out about our, you can read more about our YouTube page, which is just youtube.com forward slash derosagroup. Um, you can read about my wife's podcast, which is called the Real Estate Invest Her Show, which is there for the journey of the investing female, um, which is an awesome program, awesome community that they have. Um, and you can also hear more about projects we're up to. So a lot, lot of information is at derosagroup.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, uh, do you want to quickly talk about your book? I mean, um... sure. I'll mention it. Yeah. You can, I, I forgot. You can get that on my, you can get that on my website too. Uh, yeah. You can pick up a copy of my book, either on bigger pockets at biggerpockets.com forward slash store, um, or you can get it on my website at DeRosa group, which just links over to bigger pockets and you can get it on Amazon too. So anyway, you want, um, you can get a copy of that book and it's been a, a great, uh, great book. I enjoyed writing it. Um, you know, uh, raising private capital is the name of it. And it is, um, about how to find money out of your own network. Um, and that, so, so it's a, so it's a great book. Very happy with it. Awesome. Well, Matt, thanks for coming on the show. I mean, uh, I'm sure you had tons of values and my listeners are going to be very happy with this. Thank you. Thank you for having me, James. It's been a lot of fun. That's it for this episode. If you'd like to learn even more, check out James's free audiobook. It's the audio version of his best-selling book on passive investing. You can get the audiobook completely free, along with other valuable resources, by visiting www.achieveinvestmentgroup.com forward slash free audiobook. Also, be sure to join our Facebook group too. To find it, just do a Facebook search for Multifamily Investors Group. Thanks for listening. Join us again for another episode next week. See you then.